to walk through life growing and rising alongside. Welcome to Finding Your Spark Again After a Loss. My guest today is Andrea Blint, and she is amazing. I cannot wait to get to have a conversation with her. Andrea Blint is a registered nurse, holistic health practitioner, international best-selling author, and mindset coach. She uses her personal healing journey to bring wisdom and hope to her patients. She understands that each person is unique, much like the root cause of their obstacles that they encounter. After successfully navigating her own healing journey, Andrea inspires others to reclaim their power, advocate for what is in their best interest, and learn the tools needed to become able to make decisions for themselves that are in alignment with their beliefs. Andrea, it is so wonderful to have you here today. Thank you so much for taking time uh, to be here with us on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me here and for just the ability to share this message with your listeners. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, So I love this idea that you can really do something with your day, with your moments that you have to to make a significant impact. And you know all about that. I'd love to hear from you about that. Wonderful. So you said it so brilliantly when you opened up sharing that, um, you know, none of us are immune to challenges in life. And as much as we try to navigate those storms that come our way, there's uncontrollables. And it's my opinion that grief is amplified when we experience that powerlessness, that lack of control, that despite everything we've done, no matter how hard we tried, we still didn't have the outcome that we wanted or that we thought we should have. And so self-care is one of the most amazing ways for you to reclaim your power and really help support yourself through the grieving process. Yeah, that's really nice. Uh, now, I know you've been through your own healing journey. Uh, can, you, can you tell us a little about that and how self-care played into that, if it did? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. So my, my grieving journey was complicated by a lifetime of painful situations. And so for me... The pivotal moment was when my twins died. I delivered my twins prematurely and they went into the intensive care unit where they lived for five days and then died. And when that happened, my entire world shifted. I crumbled. I fell into a very deep depression. I did not have self-care. Growing up, I grew up in a very abusive household. I wasn't taught that it was safe to cry, to express feelings. I didn't even think I was worthy of having emotions or existing, having things that I wanted. And so if you didn't believe that you could have something you wanted, then it was hard to express that suffering after you lost something that your heart and soul really craved. And so it was really a navigating, how do I learn to love myself in order to live alongside this grief? Because for many of us, Grief is not something that can be overcome. It's something that you learn to live with and to 
walk through life growing and rising alongside. And I think that's the beauty in it. Hmm. You remind me of uh, a, a philosopher long ago who talked to me about how sometimes the things that happen to us are like that the uh, you know wire in the middle of a tree or or the knot in the middle of a tree like the tree gets all twisted up but it grows around that space right and it finds a way to survive even though that part of the tree is always going to be in that shape right it's we can't we kind of the twisted gnarl bits um we can't always access them certainly without a lot of self-care and without um, a lot of inner work and, and spiritual work. Uh, so that, yeah, you really remind me of that. It's a great reminder because no grieving journey is the same. We all grieve uniquely. And a lot of it is based on our culture, our upbringing, the way we learned to communicate and our own capacity to show self-compassion to ourselves. That uh, process of giving life to another being, to two other beings, and growing that that life inside of you, and giving birth to that life—that is such an incredibly intimate moment, right? It is a, a literally a part of you. Um, so that process that you go through, do you work with other women on dealing with the loss of something so incredibly, not just the future aspect of who they were going to be, but also that piece of you that, that is now gone? Yes, I do. I think that's one of the most beautiful gifts that came from my own journey with loss, with losing my twins, is that I had a heart and the ability to see areas that I never saw before, things that I would have loved to experience during my journey, during that intimate phase of loss that I didn't even know was possible. And so I joined an organization in California where we provide perinatal bereavement services to women. It's really to families, but we work more intimately with the woman So if they find out that they are pregnant with a child that's not going to survive, maybe the baby won't survive pregnancy or they'll die shortly after delivery. They might only live a few months. We don't know. We work with them as soon as they get the diagnosis to find out, one, how do you feel? What do you want? What are your options right now? We work through all of their questions. We talk about hopes and dreams, losses, things that they always wanted to experience with their child. Maybe they were having a son and they dreamt of taking him to a baseball game. And we really try to create those opportunities while they're still pregnant. Maybe we'll send them to a baseball game because they still can go with their son to a baseball game. It doesn't look how they envisioned it, but if if we provide that as an option, we're able to meet their needs in a way that maybe they didn't even think of before. And those memories are gifts that they then have when that baby's no longer with them. And so it's a free service. It's an absolute gift for me to work with these women and their families during the process. We help them create a birth plan. 
that feels good to them, really use their voices and advocate for themselves and their babies. We provide memory boxes that have an ink pad for hand and footprints, a cute little beanie. There's so many organizations that do really beautiful things for these infants that don't survive. And it's, I absolutely love it. And I feel honored to journey alongside any mom during that process. Yeah, that is really beautiful. We will make sure, of course, to link that in the description on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. And uh, of course, a way to to contact Andrea as well. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about what is really kind of the best way to approach self-care when you're going through the grieving process? I don't I don't know if um, you know you experienced this personally when you went through that process, but for a lot of people, and certainly for me, there was a lot of stagnation of energy, right? I didn't want to, to get up and do the next thing, right? There's a lot of sort of like, let me just have a minute. And by a minute, I mean a year. Uh, and so what is kind of the best self-care that we can practice during that time period? Thank you for asking. So really... Stagnation is such a perfect word because when you're in the middle of grief and grieving, there's so much fog in the brain and we are dealing with so many thoughts and emotions and feelings. It's hard for us to even imagine how does life look one second from now? The energy is just gone almost as if it evaporated from your body. And so finding that motivation, that energy to get up and to do something, it's tough. So I really like to help people provide provide them with tools they can use right now. That way, when they're stuck in that moment, they have things that they know they can do instead of trying to search for them when they're in that fog. So some of those things are ask yourself, okay, what, what do I want to do? What makes me feel good? What's one small thing I can do today that... I can be proud of doing. And that's it. You don't, it doesn't have to be a monumental thing. It doesn't have to be a huge checklist. Give yourself grace. Let yourself stay in bed. But don't let yourself build a house and start a whole life in bed. Find one thing. I love to ask, what do you want to do one day? How do you want to feel? Because people can latch onto feelings more than they can ideas. And so if you ask someone in their grief, how do you wanna feel? I don't wanna feel this pain. I don't wanna feel hopeless. I don't wanna feel sad. Okay, great. So we know how you don't wanna feel. How do you wanna feel? I wanna feel happy. I wanna feel peace. I wanna feel hope again. Great, so what's one thing that helps you feel happy or hopeful again? Is it going outside and going for a walk and feeling the sun on your face? If it is, perfect. Can you go outside, even if it's just to your front or backyard and stand there and allow the sun to warm your body for a minute? And if you do it for a minute, great job. Maybe tomorrow you can do it for three minutes. And if you can't, that's okay. 
Can you get to the door and imagine the sun on your body? Because as you start taking those small steps, they bring you closer to the feeling and the life that you want. I love these suggestions of where we go, because really I feel like the first part that you talked about is tune in to yourself and see if there's something that you're guided to, right? That you, you feel like I'm guided to get in the shower or get in the bathtub or go to the outdoors uh, if you're in that kind of climate and that kind of thing. So I, I think that's really great. Um, and also, you know, this, so the, that exploring that future emotions, is there a specific process that you use with that? Or is that question kind of complete on its own? So exploring the future, there's a few things I do. So during my grieving process, I knew that I wanted to feel joy but I didn't know what joy felt like because I didn't think I'd ever experienced it. I could only see all of the pain and the suffering and the lack. So I couldn't have a vision board that said, I am joyful or I have pictures of all of these smiling, happy people because that wouldn't have stuck in my brain and survived in my body. So instead of doing that, I started getting curious about what joy was. What does joy look like to me? How do other people experience joy? And I would watch joyful people or look at pictures of people who I perceived as experiencing joy. And that's what I cut out. That's what I put on my vision board. That is what I watched on YouTube or listened to in a podcast. Because until I knew what it looked like and could feel like, I couldn't just have a standard way of doing something. And so again, it's being really curious and getting as specific as you can. And if you don't know, try to think of, okay, I don't know what this is, but what is close to that? Because as you continue looking for things that are close to it, you might find the exact feeling or sensation that matches what you want. And that's what you continue following. Yeah. Yeah, and I can imagine that you can also reach into the past as long as you don't reach into the uh, near past, right? Oh, when I was a child, I felt like this. I climbed a tree. I can remember the smell of the air. That felt really good, those kinds of things, yeah? Yeah, and absolutely. That's another good point that you bring up is proving the mind wrong. So when we're grieving, sometimes that negative voice in our head comes up and it says, oh, I'm never going to be happy again. Or I'll never fall in love again. I'll never be able to have children again. I'll never get married again. Well, never is a really long time. So instead, I like to make points of, okay, you don't think you're ever going to be happy again because this happened. Yeah, this is super hard. I understand it's hard to think that you could be happy again. When have you been happy before? Have you ever been happy before? Great, okay, think of that time. When have I been happy before? So if I've been happy before, then I know my body knows how to do it and it can happen again. Mm, I like that. And it really taps into the part that you're talking about, about using your imagination when you can't sort of get yourself to do it. So, so you really, you're using your imagination a little bit before that as well, so that you can find 
that feeling in your body and then and then if you can take an action take it but if you can't take an action use your imagination as if you could take that action is that is that right it is and our imagination is one of our best tools and resources studies show you know athletes that are injured who do imaginative practice in their minds heal quicker and when they come back it's as though they'd practiced. So if an athlete can do that, we can too. And you can do it with anything. You can imagine yourself living life how you want to. You can imagine yourself feeling better. You can imagine your loved one being there with you because they really are. You know, they might not physically be here with you, but they will always be in your mind, your memory, your heart, their imprint lives with you. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. So what are the most common uh, choices that you've seen people make about self-care? One of the things, I'll I'll give you an example. One of the things uh, for me, there was a time in my life where I went through something really difficult and it was was long ago. And uh, one of my friends just called me every day and said, did you shower? Did you shower today? And I'd be like, no. She'd be like, go take a shower and call me back. And I'd be like, oh, okay. All right. Because I was in a, a place where it was very hard to understand that you were even in the world, right? There was a lot of shock and there was worry and there was the, all of it. The whole world was changing for me in that moment. And, uh, and I wonder, are there common practices that help people to to get on course a little faster when it comes to to uh, self-care. Absolutely. And I think what you shared with your friend who called you is one of the most beautiful things that we can use to help us with self-care and starting to live life again after tragedy. Having a support group, a friend, someone who you feel comfortable talking to, who you are willing to listen to in the middle of your grief, because often we just want to bury our heads and not hear anything. But you had a relationship with this person that was able to withstand her calling and gently encouraging you to get in the shower. So for anyone listening, you can ask yourself, do I have one or two people in my life that I feel comfortable talking to or receiving those gentle nudges from? Support groups are huge also. They have specific support groups now for just about anything. It's nice to be in community with people who share a similar grief as you. No two experiences are the same, but when you can be in a group with people who understand, who can relate, it's a beautiful thing. And so I recommend that. Therapy is wonderful. A lot of people, you know, having enough sleep is a really big, important thing. You don't want to have too much sleep, but making sure you're providing your body with sleep and rest. Nutrition is a biggie. That's very important. Making sure that you're eating. Oftentimes, nothing sounds good. So having having those support people, those friends or family members who can just drop off groceries or deliver a meal 
are wonderful. And making sure you do eat, get up, eat, and then lay back down if you need to. That's okay. But at least you're still nourishing your body. Yeah, so there are a couple of great points in there. One of the things that you remind me of is that one of the reasons I created the the Facebook group that I have, which is uh, at movingbeyondmorning.com, you can just, it goes right to Facebook, is that exact thing is that sometimes you just need somebody to connect to who you can hear and a lot of times that's easier from someone you don't know already sometimes you have these beautiful relationships and you and you can take that in in the moment but uh, I find that a lot of times when people are going through these kind of giant portals right these kind of times of the chrysalis of moving from one phase of life to another phase of life that is very hard to to listen to the people who have been in the first part of your life so to to find either new people or people that that you can bring with you through that journey to to talk to and listen to and and remain in some communication with still a looseness to become whatever you're going to become in that journey is really important. The other thing that you remind me of with that is just that food was a major issue in this most recent loss that I've gone through with uh, my husband passing away that um, uh, food was a part of his healing journey and his exit plan and it just all of it was a lot of kitchen activity <laughs> and for a long time I just didn't want to go in the kitchen I just and and I didn't I don't live in a place where there are there are people who will bring you food you know you can't pick up the phone and say I'm hungry bring me something you know so uh, to be able to sort of go like, oh, I have to think far enough in advance that I have to not eat crackers for dinner, right? Or that I should get some sort of nutrition is is a really important piece of the puzzle, I think. Um, and very hard to do when you're walking through something difficult. Are there practices that you can put into place so that if you're listening to this in a time that is stable in your life, that you can say, I have these major areas of my life, I have habits in those areas of my life, so that should I walk through something difficult in my future, I know I've got these things to lean on, like showering, right? Showering is just, most of us do it most days of the year and so it wasn't foreign to me when my friend said hey you you, you could that could be an activity for you <laughs> and I was like oh okay um, so are there practices that we can put into place in advance absolutely there's an unlimited amount really it's doing what feels good to you so some of those practices could be journaling daily or a few times a week once a week whatever feels best to you but journaling is such a beautiful outlet for anybody, anytime. And so as we journal and we create that practice, it's easier for us to lean into it as we're going through a difficult time in our lives. Um, exercise is another really great one that supports the mind-body connection. And so getting outside, going for a walk, doing yoga, any exercise that you enjoy doing is a really wonderful thing. It also becomes a habit. 
I love meditation and I recommend that. It's a great thing to do regularly in life, but even more as you're going through grief. As we meditate, we still our mind and we're able to really be present in the moment and explore without the need to judge or change. So I really love that. You know, having a having a good food pattern, I think, is so important and hydration because so often we neglect those things. So if we've always neglected our food and water intake, it's easier for us to completely neglect them when we're grieving. And so making sure you're getting enough food and water during the day is incredibly important. And I recommend that having friends, community, a therapist, all of those things will support you today and in the future if an uncontrollable happens. I love to meditate and uh, I have a lot of different styles of meditation that I, I really embrace. Is there something specific that you feel like this is the one if you're in a grieving process that you should grab onto? This is the easiest one to grab onto or anything like that? I always say it's so, so unique. So I, I don't love saying one is the best way I just say, spend a few minutes within yourself being curious in a loving, compassionate way. It can happen anywhere, anytime. It doesn't need to be quiet. It doesn't need to look a certain way or follow a certain routine. I like Insight Timer. It's an app on, I think Google and Apple have it. But it has really nice music that you can select that's very soothing. It has a timer if you want to set a timer for meditation. It might even have guided meditations. I usually sit. I do put some music on, some bells in the back on a really low level. And I have four kids. So as I meditate, I release the need to control and to have it look a certain way. Because the more I try to control it, the more irritated I am when it doesn't look that way. And so that's really my advice. Learn how to move within and find those moments of peace and still anywhere, anytime. That's really beautiful. Thank you so much for coming here and talking to us today. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about the book before we close up? Yes. So I have four books that I've taken part in this year that I just absolutely loved. I got to write a chapter in them and they all vary from um, reclaiming your personal power to, you know, releasing society's expectations and learning how to live for yourself, for what makes you happy and fills your soul up. And then my my solo book will be coming out this the end of this summer, early fall. And that is really, it's memoir and self-help. So that will explore really challenges in life, adversities, and the thought process that goes into them, those limiting beliefs. It's gonna have questions so that my readers can really dig in and ask themselves those questions and then have the resources and tools to make choices that feel good for them and that helps support them in living the life that they love living. That is so wonderful. Thank you so much. 
Uh, I really appreciate you making the time for us today. And I will, of course, we will make sure that we are all linked up everywhere because uh, if you are at all going through a loss, particularly a loss of a child or expecting a loss of a child, Andrea is a great person to connect with and to really learn how to go through that day by day. So thank you so much. And we'll make sure all the books, all the books get linked up when uh, in, in the descriptions there. So uh, I appreciate your time. I do too. Have a wonderful day.